Amen. Well, I'm excited because I get to share the word with you today. And uh, there's a word that God's, oh, you guys are sweet. There's a word that God's put on my heart that I'm really excited to share with you because I think it's going to help some of you. It's been helping me. The Holy Spirit's been speaking this to my heart over and over. And uh, so I'm excited to share it with you today. I've been praying for all of you. I firmly believe that we should not be preaching to people that we haven't been praying for. And so I've been praying for you all week and just saying, Holy Spirit, would you just minister to hearts? I pray for so many of you by name. I call it out, thinking of your faces as the Holy Spirit's bringing you to my mind and just praying for you and praying God's best for you and praying that you'll grab a hold of what God has for your life and that you'll walk in freedom and you'll walk in God's favor and you'll walk in God's peace. And I believe today that the Spirit of God is here. God's presence is in this place. And I believe that he's gonna speak to your heart today and that you're gonna leave encouraged You're gonna leave strengthened in the Lord, ready to go into battle. You know, we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And what what the Lord has really laid on my heart today is that we need to be battle ready. We need to walk and live with a strategy of strengthening. And you know, I believe that God wants us to learn to fight, that he wants us to learn to fight. And some of you are really good at fighting. In fact, I would guess that on your way to church today, that possibly some of you got to practice fighting. (laughs) It's amazing how that happens on a Sunday morning as you're rushing to get out of the house and uh, especially maybe on time change Sunday when there's a little extra pressure and a little extra tiredness, maybe a little extra grumpiness, that it's easy to fight with one another. And so you might be fighting with your spouse or your friends or your neighbor, whatever it is. That's not the type of fighting I'm talking about. I'm talking about fighting spiritually. We need to know how to fight spiritually. You see, life is spiritual, and we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, but we are are spiritual beings. We serve a spiritual God. We're made in the image of God, and we have a spiritual enemy, and it's good to know that we have a spiritual enemy so that we are aware of his schemes, so we're aware of his tactics, so that we're aware that we're in a battle, and that we'll actually fight back with spiritual weapons, that we'll actually take on the weapons that the Lord has given us, and we will go to battle. There is a spiritual enemy who is attacking you. He is attacking your family. He is attacking your friendships. He's attacking maybe your job, your finances. He's attacking the relationships in your life. He is out to steal and kill and destroy. That's what John 10, 10 tells us, that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And that is what the enemy is trying to do in your life. He is trying to steal, to kill, and destroy. And we need to live battle ready so that we can fight, fight the enemy. So you're either right now going through a hard time or you're getting ready to go through a hard time or you're coming out of a hard time. That's kind of how life is. We walk through seasons, we walk through hard times and we often encounter unexpected battles. And this is what I really want you to hear today. That when we're in a battle, the choices we make, the narrative of our hearts is so important. For all of us, there are areas that the enemy has tried to steal something. It might be your family, it might be friendships. I'm not sure what it is for you, but I can guarantee you that the enemy has tried to steal something from you. And it's time, I believe, to go into enemy territory and to get it back. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you care for us, and you are fighting for us. And so I pray today that the, the ears of our heart would be open and that we would hear what it is that you want to speak to your church. And Lord, I pray we would be strengthened by your spirit today, that in our inner being we would be strengthened today, that we would take up the weapons that you have given us and we would learn to fight the enemy that we wouldn't be battle weary, but we would be battle ready, that we would go into battle and that we would fight and that we would take back what the enemy has tried to take from us and that we would recover it all in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 30. That's where we're gonna be in just a minute. And we're gonna be talking about a battle that David found himself in. And before we talk about that particular battle, I think it's really important to give some backstory so that you can fully understand where he was when he was in that battle. I love the story of David. There's so much you can learn from his life. And in fact, we did a series, uh, I think a couple of years ago, on the life of David and got like, you know, this far because there's so much in the Bible. You know, his name is actually mentioned a thousand times in the Bible. And so whether you've been in church for a long time or just a little bit, you're probably aware a little bit about the story of David. You're probably aware of the story of David and Goliath, or maybe you know David as king in the palace or as shepherd out in the field, or as a writer of the Psalms who's actually called man after God's own heart. There's so much we can learn from the life of David, but there are some things that I think are easy to overlook that are actually very important about the life of David. You see, when David was a teenager, he was out in the field, and his father Jesse uh, came to, well, actually, the prophet Samuel came to his father Jesse, and the prophet Samuel said, Jesse, God has told me that one of your sons is to be anointed king. Call in all of your sons, and God's going to tell me which one of these sons is supposed to be king. So Jesse calls all of his sons, except David calls all of his sons in and the prophet's looking at him and one by one, he's like, nope, it's not this one. Nope, it's not this one. Goes down the line. He's like, Jesse, are you sure that these are all your sons? And Jesse's like, well, there is the one other. He's out in the field with the sheep. I didn't call him in. And Samuel's like, go get him. So he gets David, come on in. And David comes in and the Lord says to Samuel, to the prophet, this is the one, this is the one that I have called to be king, anoint him. And so the prophet anoints David right there in front of his father and his brothers. He's anointed with oil. And I just think about that story and it's easy to read that and to move on. But I think about David and how he must have felt in that moment, you know, David's dad made up his mind that David was not king material. He decided in his heart that it couldn't possibly be David. His own father did not believe in him. Can you imagine that rejection that must have at that moment come into David's heart? Not only did his father not believe in him as king, but he didn't acknowledge him as son. Wow, that is painful. So David's anointed king, not yet appointed king, and he goes back out into the field and he's taking care of his sheep faithfully, knowing that he's rejected by his father, he's despised by his brothers who have mocked him, belittled him, they've called him names. And we get a glimpse of how David is feeling in Psalm 69 when he says, I'm a stranger in my own house. I'm an outsider. I'm forgotten. 
It was a very painful experience. And that, I believe, that got in David's heart because we see throughout the Psalms how David was crying out to the Lord and how he even struggled with his identity and had to remind himself what God says about him because the enemy was trying to speak another message to David. David had to choose continually what he would believe, what he would say to himself when he was down. He could believe that he was despised and rejected, or he could believe that he was loved by God, called by God, that there was a purpose and a plan for his life. David had to choose well. He had to learn to encourage himself in the Lord when there was no one else to encourage him. So David spent years out tending the sheep, out in the field, and it was there as he was faithful in the, in the pasture, it was there that he learned the skills of fighting because lions came against him and bears came against him as he's protecting these sheep. And God raised up this warrior inside of him who with God's power, he could take down the lion, he could take down the bear to protect these sheep. God was building a warrior inside of him. And it's also during that time that David developed in his musical skill and we see him writing songs and crying out to the Lord and, and developing his musical skill. He was developing a heart of worship cultivating a heart of worship to the Lord. Right out there, faithful in that field, he was becoming a worshiper. Now during this time, King Saul, who was very disobedient to God, was suffering with severe spiritual oppression. He was violent, he was acting crazy, and one of his court followers had heard about David, and so they called David to come, and as David would play music for the king, the king would become at peace. So he once was violent and tormented, but as David would play, the presence of God would fill the room and the king would find himself at peace. And David found such favor with King Saul that he quickly became the king's cupbearer or the king's armor bearer. And so David would go back and forth from the palace playing for Saul, the king, to being in the field at his father's house caring for the sheep. And during this time, David shows up to the battle lines. His dad sends him out with sandwiches to take care of his brothers who are on the battle line. And it's there that David hears Goliath insulting God's people, threatening them, and insulting God. And David's like, what in the world? What is going on? And no one's stepping up to fight this giant. But David determines to do something. In 1 Samuel 17, David says, let no one's heart fail because of this giant. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. So despite the taunts of the enemy, David remembers the goodness of God and he encourages himself and he remembers what God has done and he said God was faithful then when I faced a lion and a bear and God will be faithful now and he stepped up and he boldly fought that enemy that no one else would fight. And so you might know the story, he takes a slingshot and he gets Goliath square in the head and the Goliath falls down and David cuts off his head and he's quickly hailed as a hero of the nation, which is awesome, except that now King Saul has become very jealous of David. And even though Saul made David the commander of his army, he became so jealous that he wanted to murder David. It's during this time that Saul has men sent to watch David trying to find him and to murder him, that David writes Psalm 59. He says, deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. O my strength, I will watch for you, O God, for you are my fortress. My God in his steadfast love will meet me. 
God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. The king's men are trying to murder David, and he's saying, my God, I know that you love me. You will help me look in triumph on my enemies. So David flees, and he's on the run, and he's actually in the wilderness for many years and finds himself hiding in a cave, hiding for his life. And his heart was deeply troubled, and he was desperate. And it's in that cave that he pours out his heart to the Lord as he pens Psalm 142. He says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there's no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. So I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. So even though David is running for his life, he's a wanted man, they're coming after him and they wanna murder him. He's lonely, he's isolated, he's living in a cave. He still realizes that the Lord is his refuge, the Lord is his strength, the Lord is his helper, the Lord is his friend. He encourages himself in the Lord. So David continues now to be a fugitive on the run and he's got these band of outlaws who come around him and they kind of become his mighty men, his warriors, and they are constantly fighting. They are constantly running for their lives. And at this point, David and these men have been on a three-month military campaign fighting battles everywhere. And they're headed back home from battle. He and his 600 men, these amazing warriors, and they've been on a winning streak. Every city that they attacked, they conquered. Every battle they fought, they won. And I'm sure they were tired and hungry and ready to be home and ready to rest with their families. So as they're headed home, I'm sure their hearts are brightened and they're already thinking about that home-cooked meal over the fire that their wives are gonna cook and their children thinking about, my children are gonna run to meet us as we get close. But as David and his men get closer, even off in the distance, they can see that something is wrong. That smoke is rising from their city, but it's not the smoke of fire for their meals. Something is wrong. And this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel 30. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag, this is their home, on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negeb and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and they wept until they had no more strength to weep. David, David's two wives had also been taken captive. And David was greatly distressed, for the, Lord, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for their sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. 
So here's the picture. These men have been at battle. They have been fighting and fighting and fighting. And they're excited to come home. They're ready to come home and rest and be with their families. And as they come home, they realize that the entire city is burned to the ground. There is nothing left. Every possession is stolen. Their wives and all their children are gone. Everything is missing. This disaster came out of nowhere. It wasn't something they could have planned for. It wasn't something they could have prepared for. They couldn't see it coming. And everything they loved and held dear was gone, wiped out. The enemy came into their territory and he attacked their peace, their possessions, and their people. And don't you know that the enemy will always try to attack you in those areas, in the areas of your peace, your possessions, and your people, your peace. There is an all-out attack on your peace right now. The enemy is doing everything he can to cause you to live with worry and fear and anxiety. He's trying to worry you about everything. You turn on the news, and every day there's a new issue. Now there's talk of war. There was just a pandemic. It is constant bombardment everywhere. The enemy is trying so hard to steal your peace. And can I help you today that we need to guard our peace. We need to stand guard and guard our peace. Some of you need to stop scrolling. Some of you need to turn the news off and guard your heart and guard your mind because the enemy is trying to discourage you and he is trying to steal your peace. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Do you know that fear is a spirit and it does not come from the Lord? And some of you have just gotten so used to fear hanging on to you. And listen, this is a battle for every one of us every day. Every day I am finding myself where I can feel anxiety coming up in my heart and I'm like, nope. Nope, enemy, you have got to get out of my head and got to get out of my heart. And I will guard my peace. You know why? Because anxiety and worry are an attempt to undermine our faith in God. The enemy wants to use anxiety and fear and worry to make you doubt and question whether God's gonna come through for you, to make you wonder, God, does God really know or even care about what I'm facing? Yes, he does. He knows and he cares and he is able and he is faithful. So guard your peace. 2 Corinthians 10, four and five. Some of you, I think you just need to write that reference down and come back to it every day. It's 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. says this, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we need to start taking captive some thoughts, church, because the enemy is trying to get in your head and if he can get in your head, he can get in your heart and get you all riled up. But listen, we need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So it looks like this, when the enemy comes against you, he's like, you should probably worry about your financial future. You should probably really be concerned about the future because this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. You're gonna, and your mind can just go crazy. And before you know it, you're freaking out and you're filling your basement with non-perishables and you're just going crazy, right? <laughs> right? But here's what we do. We say, no, my God shall supply all my needs 
according to his riches and glory. I will not fear what the enemy is trying to do. I will not fear. I will trust in God because he has got it under control because he's good and he's faithful. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Your possessions. Number two, some of you have lost a lot over the last few years. And it may have left you feeling shaky, feeling worried, feeling confused. And listen, the enemy knows where to attack you. He knows where to attack you, where it will hurt you the most. And like we heard last week, our treasure and our heart can't be separated. Where our treasure is, there our heart is. And so some of you find yourself so worried about that today. And I just wanna encourage you, God is good. God is your provider. And our possessions have the power to possess us if we're not careful. So we need to be really careful that we don't hold on to so tightly the things of this world that we are not lifting our hands in praise to God. Let's not be so worried about those things. Let's trust in a good God who is faithful. Number three, our people. The enemy wants to attack your relationships. And in 20 years of ministry, I have seen this more than any other attack of the enemy is the attack on relationships, the attack on people. And Satan will attack your loved ones to get to you. Some of you are experiencing so much confusion and tension and arguments and you're picking up offense and you're living with offense and the enemy is trying to break down the relationship in your marriage, your home, your siblings, your neighbors, your coworkers. Everywhere we look, there's offense right now. Everywhere we look, there's people upset at one another and fighting one another and there's inward fighting. Listen, that's the, that's the tool of the enemy. Do not fall for it. Don't pick up a fence. Don't, don't fall into arguments with people that are nonsensical. Let's love people well. Ephesians 6, 12 says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not one, against one another. Our battle is not against people. Someone might think differently about something than you. That's okay. They are not your enemy. People are not our enemy. We have a real enemy, but it's not people. So let's love people well. Let's stay alert and let's discern the enemy's tactics. Fight for your people. Fight for your family. Fight for your friendships. Verse four says that David and all his men began to weep. So they see all of this taken. They see their city destroyed and they are weeping. These mighty warriors. It's recorded that one of these warriors himself killed a thousand men. These are some strong, serious dudes. And these men are weeping. They are so heartbroken over what has been taken for them. And David's grieving. And to make matters worse, David's grieving because he's lost his family, he's lost his home, he's lost everything, and now the only people he has left in the world, his mighty men, begin to turn on him. And they start to blame him. These are people that he has fought in battle with. These are men that he has cared for and loved and led. But they start to turn on him and they wanna stone him. The word that scripture uses to describe these men is bitter. They were bitter towards David. They were bitter in soul. And they turned on him. And they started looking for someone to blame. And isn't that what we do? We are so good at the blame game. There's constant finger pointing. Even in our world right now, there's people just pointing fingers at one another, just being so hateful. And some of you, you're blaming your trauma, you're blaming your family, you're blaming your upbringing, you're blaming your circumstances. Some of you are blaming God. 
Some of you are blaming yourself. You're thinking, if only I had done this, if only I had done that, if only I was like this, if only I was like that. But no one wins when we play the blame game. You have to be so careful. Crisis can bring out the worst in us. But let's guard our hearts. No one wins when we play the blame game. So these men were busy blaming, but David. Can you say, but David? But David. Verse six says, but David encouraged himself. Your version might say strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Was he grieving? Absolutely. Was he devastated? Absolutely. But he didn't stay there. David had no one left to encourage him. He had no one left to sing over him. He had no one left to pray for him. So he encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen, in the middle of the night, when you wake up to bad news, Pastor Sean and the team can't come into your bedroom and start singing over you and telling you, come on, worship. Come on, he's good. You're gonna have to learn to worship yourself. You're gonna have to learn to sing a song of praise yourself in the midnight hour. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm concerned that many of us are turning to temporary things every time a battle shows up. It doesn't say that David strengthened himself in the Lord with a hard drink. It doesn't say that David strengthened himself with the spa day. David strengthened himself in the Lord. We have to stop using temporary means to fix our problems. It only makes it worse. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord, your God. And so many of us take so much time talking about our issues, and we're talking and talking and posting and posting, and every time we go through something, it's like, oh, all we gotta do is talk about it. But church, if you wanna end up discouraged, talk about your situation. If you wanna be encouraged, talk to the one who can do something about your situation. That's why we wear these bracelets that say pray first, because it reminds us that prayer is not our last resort, Prayer is our first response. So when you're struggling, when you find yourself in the midst of a battle, pray first. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Number one, you remember what he's done. You remember what he's done. And God has done so much for you. He's done so much for you. He has saved you. Jesus gave his life for you so that you could be saved, so that you could be rescued from sin, from destruction, from sickness, from the power of the enemy. And so for David, I imagined that that might look something like when faced with battle and when overwhelmed, he might be thinking, Lord, I'm struggling right now, but I'm gonna remember what you've done. I'm gonna remember that when I was at my lowest point and when I was depressed, and when everyone in my family despised me, rejected me, that you called me loved, that you called me chosen, that you strengthened my heart. Lord, I remember when I faced that lion and I was scared for my life and you came through and you protected me, you came through for me. And Lord, I remember when I faced the bear and then when I faced Goliath and I took that enemy down by the power of your name. God, you helped me do that. You remember what he's done. And so for me, it looks something like this. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you've always been faithful. And I thank you that you've always come through for me. And I thank you that when I was struggling as a teenager and I was making bad decisions and I was hurting and I was filled with shame, that God, you met me. 
you met me and you spoke new life into me and you freed me and you gave me a new name. God, I remember and I thank you. And I remember that when my dad passed away and I lost him suddenly and I felt like my whole world was over, that God, your peace comforted me. You met me. And Lord, I remember when my two-year-old was in the hospital and the doctors said that they thought she had leukemia. She was getting sicker and sicker. God, I remember how you reached down and you touched her and you healed her. And now she's whole and she's well. I remember that. I remember, God, when friends walked out on me and people that I loved wanted to walk out of relationship with me. God, I remember how you comforted me. I remember how you showed me your friendship and you showed me your kindness. God, I remember what you've done. God, you're faithful. And even as I'm sharing that right now, I can feel it welling up in my heart. This is how you encourage yourself in the Lord. You remember what he's done. He's done so much. Don't forget what he's done for you. And number two, you remember who he is. You remember, you are a mighty God. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are healer. You make a way when there seems to be no way. You are a miracle worker. God, you are faithful. You are faithful yesterday, today, and forever. He is always working for your good and for his glory. So you remember what he's done and you remember who he is. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. And this is what David's saying. He's saying that you can press me, you can come in on me, you can shake me, but you know what? It's gonna be praise that comes out. When you push on me, it's gonna be praise that comes out from my spirit because God is good and I will strengthen myself in the Lord. I will be a, worship, a worshiper, not a worrier, but I will choose to trust God. And I believe that right there in that choice, in that moment, David had a choice. He could quit. He was tired from the battle. Everyone was turning on him. He could have quit right there. But David chose to trust God. You can't quit. You can't give up. Because everything that God has for your life is on the other side of this battle. It's on the other side of you not quitting. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit because your camp looks like it's burned down and because it looks like something's been stolen from you. Verse eight, then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said, yes, go, go after them. You will surely recover everything that has been taken from you. Then David sought the Lord and the Lord told him to go. He said, go after the enemy, go take back what's stolen. And I believe that God wants to say to you today, go, go get back what has been stolen from you. You can get back what you've lost. You might be looking around and you feel like things are crumbling around you. Listen, you can get back what you've lost. God says, go and learn to fight. Learn to fight. Listen, David and his men went fighting for a day and a half nonstop, nonstop battle. They realized that they were in a spiritual battle and they kept fighting. And do you know, I think that God wants to speak to us today that some of us need to learn to fight and to stay in the fight. I think that for some of us, like we, we pray for five minutes and we're like, I prayed, I did my thing. That God wants more from us. We are in a spiritual battle. 
And we need to learn to fight supernaturally. We need to learn to fight with spiritual weapons. We need to get some stubbornness inside of us and just say, I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna back down. I am gonna go. I am gonna pursue what God has called me to pursue. I am gonna fight for what the enemy has tried to take from my life. So David and his men pursued. You know what? They came supernaturally upon this man of raiders who had taken everything from them. They find them in their camp. And these men are drunk and dancing and celebrating and acting a total fool. And David and his men go to them and they conquer them. They fight and they fight and they kill every one of them. And you know what then? Verse 18, it says, David got back everything the Amalekites had taken. He rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. So not only did David and his men get everything back that the enemy had stolen from their camp, but once they got that all back, they raided the enemy's camp and they ended up with more. And you might feel like the enemy has snuck into your camp, has snuck into your home, has snuck into your life, and that he has stolen from you, that he has robbed from you. But listen, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. God is telling you, encourage yourself in the Lord and then go and fight and get it back. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. The message version says, I've come so you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. In January of this last year, during 21 days of prayer and fasting, I was praying and saying, God, what is it that you would wanna speak to me during this 21 days? Maybe it's a, a word that you have for my life, a word for the church. And God spoke the word so strongly to my heart, restore. And everywhere I went after that, I began to see this word. It's just confirmation upon confirmation. I believe that God wants to restore what has been stolen from you. I believe that this is a prophetic, a right now word for our church and for your life. Restore. I believe that this is a year of restoration. The enemy's tried to break into your camp. He's tried to break into your life. He's tried to rob you of peace and joy. He's tried to mess with your peace and your possessions and your people, but no more. And listen, 2022, I saw this the other day and it just made me laugh, like two, two. And I felt Lord saying double, 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 double. Like not only am I gonna restore, but you're gonna have double, double, just like David. He not only went and got everything back that the enemy tried to steal, but double, double. He got what the enemy owned. He was like, nope, I'm taking that too. And some of us just need to get strengthened in our spirit and stop just standing and holding the line, but start getting on the offensive and saying, I am taking back everything the enemy has tried to steal from me and I'm taking what belongs to him too. I'm going in there and I'm taking more. And we need to get a fire in our spirit about it. We need to be battle ready and armed with these weapons of strengthening, armed with weapons of encouraging yourself in the Lord. Would you stand all over this place? And God's just spoken a word to me that I just wanna speak over you. I believe this might be for some of you in the room. And so would you just raise your hands to the Lord like in a posture to receive and just close your eyes for a moment. It's a new season with new assignments and a new anointing. Suit up by strengthening yourself in the Lord. You have been battle tested. 
The enemy thought he could take you out and keep you discouraged, but God has a greater plan for you. Don't fall prey to distractions, constant fires and enemy attacks. You will see the fruit of what has been forged in the fire. It might look like the enemy's raided your camp, but God is calling you to pursue, to pursue his presence, to pursue his purpose. And you need to march into enemy territory and take back what has been stolen. And you will not only restore, but you will recover more. So rise up, stand strong, and take your authority over the enemy, for the battle is the Lord's. Amen. And I want to give you all an opportunity to respond right now. You might be in the room. My first invitation is for those who have not yet given your hearts to Jesus. You've not yet made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. But you feel his presence. You feel him stirring in your spirit right now. And you say, I want to live for Jesus. He loves you so much. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that you could be forgiven and have new life a new start. And so if you're ready to follow Jesus, let's say this prayer together and I'm inviting all the church to repeat after me. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've messed up. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me. I surrender to you. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I will live for you. Amen. Amen. Church, can we celebrate? That is the greatest decision that you will ever make, is to give your heart to Jesus. And if you're in this room today and you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus, we want to pray for you. We want to walk with you. This is just the start of a brand new life. We want to give you a Bible today and help you. And so you can find us out in the Welcome Center or you can come down here to the front afterwards and one of our team will give you a Bible and pray for you. But for the rest of you in the room, maybe you've been fighting in your own strength and it's time to start encouraging yourself in the Lord. Start remembering what he's done. Start declaring who he is. And when you feel like the enemy is trying to rob your peace and trying to bring destruction to your life, you stand up and you say no. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my mouth. And you begin to strengthen yourself on the inside. You begin to strengthen your spirit. And then you seek God and you pursue. And you don't let the enemy take from you what is not his. But you fight for your family and you fight for your peace. And you fight to take back what the enemy has tried to steal from you. And so today... I think there may be people in the room and you just need to be strengthened. You say, I've just been feeling weak and I'm feeling battle weary. You need the Lord to strengthen your heart. His presence is here and you can leave here today full of peace, full of joy. There's some of you that the enemy has really tried to steal a lot from you. Maybe you have broken relationships. Maybe you have children who are far from the Lord. Maybe you've just lost a lot and you're struggling. Whatever it might be, I believe that God wants to speak to your heart today, that he wants to encourage you. He wants to fill you with his power. He wants to remind you that you're a son, you're a daughter of the King of Kings. And so we're gonna sing that song, Champion. It's a powerful declaration. And would you just come forward? 
we'll have our prayer team. If prayer team, if you guys can just be on the far sides over here. And if, if you want prayer from a prayer team member, you can go over there and you can pray. One of them would love to pray for you. Maybe you just need to come and you just say, I just want to step out in faith and I just want to pray and have God's strength in my heart. You want to do battle for your family or you want to do battle for what it is you're facing right now. Let's be battle ready, okay? So I invite you to just come forward. We're gonna worship the Lord for a little bit and let the Lord strengthen you. Let him speak to your heart today.